Consider this on all social media platforms. And while you're at it, like our Facebook page. Sunday, good people. I am your girl, Misunderstood. You are tuned in to Consider This Radio. Shout out to He's Known. I think he says he's a church listening. That is, you're going to hell for that if that's what this text message means. I just want you to know that. Um, but thank you, sir, for tuning in as always. Um, <laughs> I am your girl, Misunderstood. If you do not know, you are tuned in to Consider This Radio only on WEBR Radio Fairfax. I have a very special guest today. Her, um, title is probably as long as this show so when we're going to come back we're going to talk about all of these degrees 
this education, all of this background. Miss that Anita live, okay? And she's so much more than that. And um, you're going to know that in about three minutes or so. Make sure you get on that phone. Again, no matter if you have an Obama phone, Metro PCS, Sprint, Boost, your minutes are free. So there's no reason why you should not be calling up here, speaking to the woman of truth. We got to talk about the book as well. Don't you guys go nowhere. Tell a friend, tell a friend. If you are on Facebook, make sure you share this post. And we'll be right back right after this.
Covering today's hottest topics. Keeping me up to date. <laughs> I love it. We're misunderstood on Consider This Radio. Hey, this is Donnell, and you're tuned into Misunderstood on Consider This Radio. Alright guys, we are back. I am your girl Misunderstood. You are tuned in to Consider This Radio, only on WEBR Radio Fairfax. I hope you are having a good Sunday at 63 degrees outside, so there should be absolutely no complaints out today. You should be outside walking around doing your thing, but don't do that until the show is over. Right now, you should be tuned in to Consider This Radio. (laughs) I have, oh my God, how many... You have so many titles. Let me see where to start. Let me make sure I do you right. The emotional healer, the author, the master of education. You also have an MBA, life coach, podcaster, TV host. Am I missing anything? No, you hitting it. (laughs) (laughs) We have Miss Anita Live of That Anita Live television show, which is also on WEBR Radio Fairfax and her podcast that airs back. What day does your podcast re-air? For the the TV show comes on on uh, Mondays at 10 a.m. But when you re-air it, when does it as the podcast? What day does that go on? That drops on Sundays, Sunday mornings at around six six thirty. Okay, cool. So you're. I thought I was busy, but you have definitely (laughs) um, beat me in so many ways right now. (laughs) How do you do? Wait, first background. Who is Anita Washington? Ah, uh, Anita Washington is a life learner, constant student, um, thriver, always looking for the step to the next level. It's amazing, right? I think you never are too old to learn, never. and it's never over. Yeah. No matter, you can be seventy-five and learn something new. How did you begin on? your journey period like you know because everybody doesn't go to college and then you hold two degrees so what is still was it your parents was it your circumstance how did you even get to where you are today well the elders that I had growing up education was very important to them because uh, the age difference when I say elders I mean when people that were in their probably 50s and 60s when I was born mm-hmm. right so I really mean elders and for them their generation coming out of civil rights and education was a freedom pass so that was the one thing that they instilled into us the next generation gen x get an education and you can have anything you want Mm -hmm. so that was the one thing that that has stuck with me and i relied on that as a foundation every time i wanted to make a move Mm -hmm. so outside of the things that you're doing within the community what is it that you do with your M.E.D. and your M.B.A.? <laughs> or is that tied into your business? Because sometimes it can just be tied into your business. Well, I've worked in both solely okay. and then now launching on my own. I'm putting them together. Right. Because I counsel juveniles over a 10-year period. I, I did counseling in a number of different areas. Community mm. agency, college setting, um, middle school setting. So there's the MED because mm-hmm. it's in, it's in counseling, 
and then my MBA, which is in acquisitions and contracts. Here in the D.C. area, that's a um, um, <laughs> you're laughing because you know that's a major hello employment field here in the area. Right. So I got that MBA in acquisitions and contracts, and I actually even on the job that I'm on now in acquisitions, I use the counseling degree a lot because so many people broken, not self-aware, walking around in the workplace, hmm. they're hurting and they're hurting everybody else around them. Okay. Hurt people, hurt people. Ah. So the interesting thing is when you mentioned the influence of your elders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, generally, the elders are not ones for therapy slash emotional healing. So what steered you into that way? Was it like things that you've seen that made you feel like it was an area that needed to be touched or was it just something still, again, that was important to you from the beginning? I think they're for it. They're just for it in a different circumstance. Mm. For instance, you know, once upon a time, all of the elders supported each other. You know, I've had the pleasure of meeting Dick Gregory and others in the civil rights movement. And when I asked that question, you know, how did y'all do it? All of them basically gave me the same answer. And they said, we had each other. Because when they look at the world, no, at that time, Dick Gregory was living, when they look at the world now, there's so much backbiting and there's so much tearing somebody else down to try and get ahead for themselves. And that wasn't major back then. I'm not going to say it didn't exist, Mm because it did. It just wasn't a major player. They had each other. Right. So when you think of therapy, when you think of counseling, it was in circles with each other. It was in church. It was through the teachers. It was through the school counselors. It just wasn't a formal setting, sitting down with a psychiatrist or a psychologist or something of that nature. But right. it happened. Now, your seven-step method, what is that? The seven-step method is a sequential method of steps that one I walk my clients through back when I did counseling full time and then I've also used the steps myself to Mm -hmm. overcome a lot of the emotional emotional baggage that's left when you go through traumatic events Mm -hmm. so you can start out with doing a life map and actually understanding it's more self-awareness why do you make the decisions that you do Mm -hmm. sit down make a list all of the places that you've gone to school or places that you've lived, uh, match that to the second step where you're tracking and tracing or where you are actually journaling. Mm-hmm. But, you're, but you're not journaling just in like you're talking in a diary. You're journaling in a series of whys. Right. When you go through your day, why did, why did you make each decision that you did? Why did you choose? Nothing is too small. Mm-hmm. What did you eat for lunch? Why did you choose that? Who were you with for lunch? How did they make you feel? Things of that nature. Because then you can map the decisions that you made to the patterns in your life, your history, why you made the decisions that you do, and all of that will help you become more self-aware. When you become more self-aware, possibilities are endless for your growth. Right. And I like the point of the why. And I always tell people, no matter what it is, like that should be your focus, right? We know the outcome could be terrible. We know the outcome could hurt people. But if you never focus on why you're doing something, you're going to constantly keep 
doing right. something, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I think personally, because I'm an advocate, I'm an advocate for therapy, especially with me and my own child. Okay, so <laughs> one thing that I find though is they don't care about the why. They just want to know the ones that we come across mm-hmm. in our experience. They just, you know, we're here today and, okay, so what about today? And I'm yeah. always telling them, no, it, today is not the problem. Right, right. <laughs> cold, because, cold, clinical, and textbook Yes, is a lot of what I hear. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't help. And I think that we can see that across the board that it doesn't work for the high schoolers to early adulthoods. We can see that that method doesn't work. Because there are different, I don't know if it's the water, the chicken, or what, but they are different group of individuals. And I'm not, I'm, and I always am shocked when I say that because I'm not far removed from them. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I had my daughter young, but it's still like, what the hell? I was not doing that 15 years ago. It's just really weird. What are some of the things, especially in the education setting, that you found to be kind of the commonality with everyone? Like, was it just one thing that seemed to make everybody experience the same? Or was there things that stood out? As far as? Like in the child community when you were um, counseling them. Was it like the the same thing or... Did everybody, or did you see like different patterns for their behavior? For me as a counselor, I can see it as the same. Mm. But when you attach it to their why or the behavior, like the the end, what goes in as far as how they were affected, but then what comes out as far as the dysfunctional behavior that they're exhibiting, it could be very different. Mm-hmm. Where one could be in the house, they're experiencing trauma in their in their immediate home. Another one could be. They're experiencing trauma at the babysitter. Mm-hmm. They're experiencing trauma at church. But we're all human beings. It's all an interaction, dysfunctional or not, <laughs> that creates the baggage that a lot of people carry around. Like mm-hmm. we said earlier, hurt people hurt other people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to this book. <laughs> we're going to get to the book. <laughs> but another book that you had was The Seven, Ste- Seven Simple Steps to... Beat emotional baggage, as you was just saying. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a glimpse of it? Glimpse of it without giving us all seven steps. Like, what are your top three out of the seven? If you could tell somebody what to do out of the seven, what three would you choose? Well, I gave you two already: the life math and the track and trace. Okay. I would add to that disposing of distractions mm. because so many of us keep things and people in our lives <laughs> that are toxic to our growth and development for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You make a list of all the people that you come in contact with on a regular basis. You go through your phone and you write down all those names. Carry that list with you and whenever you're around that person, write down the emotion that Mm -hmm. that person makes you feel. Mm -hmm. After about 30 days and you pull that list out in your quiet time by yourself and you go through that list to see who or what makes you feel bad or makes you feel, gives you that negative emotion, then it's time to make some decisions. Mm Hard ones, right? <laughs> That's always the hard thing to cut people out. Uh, the one prayer that I'm always scared to do, especially when I'm in a relationship, is God, please remove all things that are not for me. Because, honey, he will make the stuff disappear like a magician. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I did that. What we do is we go crawling behind it. You, you know, Mm-mm. you know, 
that's that's a hard one because then when you actually realize that this person has means no good for you None whatsoever it also makes you look at yourself that's why like when i break up i don't necessarily bad talk them because i chose you for whatever reason right so it's like i don't feel like i should beat that person up because again you were my choice just like i was your choice but that issue for me works in a different way because mm. if I say we hanging out, if I say we friends, that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't read more into it. Don't think that, oh, well, I could change her mind or she's never dated me. Or, <laughs> you know, people do. Why do we do that? Uh, have, did you come up with that answer? Yet? I don't have my windows smashed. <laughs> I don't have ties cut. It it. Men like to talk about what things that women do. It goes both ways. Right. But why do we do... Has anybody come to the conclusion on why is it that we think we can change people? Is it ego? Part of it is ego. But I think most of it is fear. Mm. Of moving on. Mm. Definitely my driving force. We're going to have to cut that out today. Look, I'm working on it. But I'm, I can be guilty of that. And not even just in relationships, just like life period. Mm. I think I'm I'm just that person that's like I parent out of fear. I I am I think my whole basis is just I'm afraid of the unknown for sure. For sure. And I think a lot of it has to do like with my mom dying and then not knowing. I know I have an idea of where it comes from. I'm just not actively so I know where it comes from. I know it's an issue, and then, but I'm not practicing. You're not actively working to change it every day. Some days I'm are better than others, <laughs> <laughs> but some days I just be like, oh my keeping god, keeping it all in code, keeping it all in code. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just it's, it's just very random, very very random. Now that's Anita Live show. Okay, it's very diverse. You yes. have all kind of guests on there. What was the sole basis behind your show? Was that another extension extension of your therapy and your counseling? Or how did that how did your TV show come about? Actually, the TV show came about because of this latest entrepreneurial boom that's going on. Mm. And people around me were in their niche. They knew exactly what it was they wanted to do. I had no clue. So I began to interview, you know, friends of mine so that they would have content for their pages. You know, you just don't want to sit there and talk to yourself on all of the videos. Right. <laughs> so I would Have your Oprah moment. I call it the Oprah moment. So I would interview them and they'd put it on their website. And one by one, people just started saying, you know, Nathan, you're pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. So I started out on Periscope. Got some traction there. I said, okay, people are interested. I like doing it. Let's see who I can formalize it and take it to the next level, mm-hmm. which is how I found the local television studio. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, guests have been pouring in ever since. Yeah. And I know um, you, I forgot what, I remember, I, I know one lady has a show here, and I think she was on your show, but she calls herself, I say psychic, but she says that she's something else. I can't think of, um, with Tremaine. She does a show with Tremaine from time to time. I thought I'd seen her in your clip. You haven't had a psychic on your show? Not yet. I got, <laughs> I got, one, I got one that has emailed me. Okay, but, but she doesn't work with us. Not that I know of. Okay, no. so one of the ladies in your video reminded me of her. I thought that's who it was, but you've had... I had a Tyra on my show. She has a radio show, but I don't think she has a television show. But she's not a psychic. She's a life coach. Okay. 
No, that's not her. Okay. I'll tell you after the break who I think it is because it's probably not nice to say it, on the radio. Talking about people yeah, already. but um, I do. I actually, she was very interesting. Okay. I think mediums, or I don't know what you call people these days without offending people, but she was just very interesting. Um, but name some of the different the, type what of guests. Subject. Well, the different type of guests that I have, if I can attach anything, almost anything to emotional wellness. Mm -hmm. So financial advisors, uh, survivors of rape, survivors of child molestation, Mm. um, the ex-wife of the DC sniper. Are those shows hard for you? No. Because you're able, it seems like you're able to detach yourself. Mm. What has been your hardest show? And let's just say, I think because I am walking out and operating in my purpose, Mm. I have the gift to listen to it and deal with it and move on. And my show, it isn't me working with someone to heal them or help them heal. It's me interviewing people to get their tips and techniques of what they did to heal. Mm-hmm. So while I'm sitting there talking to them, it's good energy between us and we keep it light. Mm-hmm. If this isn't, you know, drawing people out or making them cry or... Oh, said, I'm not doing none of that. No, this is not that. But I think that keeps it not only light, but it keeps it interesting, right? Okay. And it makes people be able to relate because it's not preaching. Not at all. So a lot of people, again, do stray away from therapy because they feel like it's preaching. Some people feel like it's just someone telling you what to do. They don't know you. The person that's um, helping you doesn't know you, all of those good things. But in a few minutes, we're going to um, break down... Which one you like better, life coach or therapy when we come back? Because it's a difference. And from someone that does have, you know, experience in both, I definitely want to know which one that you like best and right. which one do you seem to be, in your experience, um, most effective? Because I think it is it's, it's important. We got to get it together. They both are. They have their spaces. Right. So you're going to let us know what the space is when we come back. <laughs> If you are following me on social media, then you already know where her handle is at that at that Anita Live. And if you are watching her on Facebook, you can see her show. So make sure you run over to the website. When we come back, we're going to have Anita dive in on a couple of these uh, family ain't beep stories, (laughs) headlines to go into the book. Family isn't everything. You got to put your book up for the people. They got to understand yeah. the name of this book. Uh, uh. For, for, for the people that's on Facebook Live, you know, if you're going to be listening back to this on podcast on Tuesday, then that's different. But if you're on Facebook Live, the name of her book is Family Is Not Everything. And I pulled some celebrity hot topics for some families that ain't everything. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to have her opinion on the college scandal we got to talk about wendy williams that's Mm -hmm. family we got to talk about how nene leaks claims that cheating causes cancer and uh just so much more y'all just don't go nowhere again if you have that obama phone still because they haven't canceled that service then y'all just need to call us okay the number is 703-560-8255 again that number is 703-560-8255 and if you are only following along on facebook live then call us when we are not 
playing music, okay? Because that's the way you're going to be live on air. Call while the music is not playing. Like, for instance, right now, because we're talking. <laughs> the number again is 703-560-8255. Again, that number is 703-560-8255. And we're going to talk next. Being as though that you have a master's in education, I want to, I really got to know what you think about this college scandal. People are going to be mad about my opinion. And honey, I do not care. But we'll be back right after this. We're going to do this throwback with one of my definitely um, soundtracks to life in high school. We love these people. Arrested Development. Everyday people, everyday problems. And every day, every day, every day. <laughs> we'll be right back right after this. Don't you go anywhere. You're tuned in to Consider This Radio only on WEBR Radio Fairfax. Back. Looking back, old school takes us to new school foods. Listen up close while I take it back.
our story will unfold the greatest contributions of African-American men and women that took place on this day. And it's up next. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello. This is Sonice with So Essential Head Raps. Check me out on IG at So Essential Head Raps. And also, you're going to get a plug in at Consider This. So check it out. Right, guys we are back you are tuned in to consider this radio only on webr radio fairfax i am joined by the woman of all trades i'm not going to call her jack we're going to call her a woman of all trades miss anita washington of that anita live tv show and re-airs as a podcast amongst other things um if you are just tuning in anita has a very extensive background in life, we're just going to say life because it's like 29 different things. <laughs> but one thing that I wanted to talk to, get her input in, especially because we're getting ready to talk about the book, Family Isn't Everything, in a few minutes, we got to pull from some of these celebrity news. Mm. Now, um, let me just be the first to say, I would buy my daughter a college degree. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shoot me in the eye. Shoot me in the eye. Shoot me in the toe. Do whatever you need to do. But I don't blame them. I mean, the kids clearly wasn't that bright. Their GPA was a 1.8. Um, so <laughs> I said, is it is it college property or good parenting? I say good parenting. <laughs> now, with somebody that holds two degrees, Woo. how do you feel about it? I just had to air it out. I I mean. I'm okay with it. Like they've been doing this from the beginning of time. That's how you have all of those buildings with there family is names. A college somewhere, despite what your GPA is, <laughs> that you can go to. You do not need to sit in a classroom with people that have earned and struggled their way into some of the top colleges yeah. to learn from some of the brightest minds in the United States today. Yes. You know we have a girl here at Georgetown. And you have not earned your, I mean, just. So let me ask you this. What do you feel about honorary degrees? Because they didn't do anything to earn those degrees. They did do something to earn that degree. An honorary degree is earned based on life experience. Well, then everybody should get one. No. (laughs) No. Everybody is not a Barry Gordy. Okay. Everybody is not a P. Diddy. Everybody is. He dropped out and he still got to get one. Right. He dropped out, but then looked at what he did when he did drop out. It's not like he dropped out and went and drove a city bus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Not the city bus. We Metro give, make good money. Give credit where credit <laughs> is due. Because it, it, it takes a lot to maneuver to mm-hmm. crawl to the top of the heap. Yeah. So, so you feel as though this is definitely an instance where family isn't everything. This, this is an abomination. <laughs> These people. Yes, it has been happening, but it's about time somebody called 
pulled the card on it. Okay. It's about time that somebody stood up and said, this is way beyond privilege. Because you know that it's been stated the reason why they're coming out now has something like to do with the school. That's a rumor, okay, allegedly. Um, but they're saying that they only got caught because one of the celebrities didn't go through with a promise, which is the only reason technically why they got caught. Now, how do you feel about the universities being paid? Because you do have some people that believe that the universities should also be reprimanded because they took the money. True. Very true. So that means a lot of the top universities would either, some colleges, people say that they need to lose accreditation. The colleges, the coaches, everybody that's involved that blatantly knew these people, <laughs> these students, these kids did not have the brightest of mind or intention. Because one young lady got onto YouTube, sat down in front of a video and said, I don't care much about school, mm -hmm. as you can tell. Yeah. I just want to have the experience of the parties. But see, she was also making $55,000 a month. So if my daughter was making $55,000 a month from YouTube, I might not have brought her that degree because you didn't need it. $55,000. And she's been doing that for two years. Okay. That's a lot of money. So she's already a millionaire you know, I also feel like it's one of those instances where... As long as she can keep that up, because that's not her platform. Oh, no. Well, she lost it now. Okay. So she's they, got to rely on the mommy's money. when they pull the plug on YouTube. Yeah. Well, they did already. Else comes along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They already pulled it on her. So a lot of the sponsors backed out, so she's definitely not making 55000 anymore. But I also feel like um, I had a cousin, my, one of my favorite cousins, especially growing up, and she's always been very clear that she didn't want to go to school, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't a university or nothing like that, but her mother, my favorite aunt, uh, kind of put it on her that you... What kind of would I do with my daughter? Because I say, I don't give a damn what you do. You're going to get... a. If you don't want to go to college, you have to get a trade. You're living rent-free. You got to get a trade, and you need to figure this thing out. So, with that said, I think some of the students, especially Olivia J, because she's the one that says she didn't want right. to go to college, mm -hmm. I think that they felt like they didn't have a choice in a sense. Because I know a lot of people personally that went to school only to appease their parents and that they weren't happy and or that they dropped out at some point in school because they never wanted to go anyway. They were doing it because it's what you had to do. So, I kind of feel... All of that is perspective. Yeah. All of that is perspective. Because even if you don't use it immediately, the lessons that you get while you're in college is a rite of passage. Right. There's a lot that you learn there in getting along with other people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that you learn there in how to maneuver circumstances that you cannot control. Mm -hmm. When you're living in your parents' house, when you're going to even private schools, public schools, there's an infrastructure and a system there that is supposed to care for you and take care of you. Parents, teachers, students, even if it's bus driver, you're always in the care of somebody else. Mm -hmm. When you get on that college campus, it's you and the morals and the values that you have that decide the person that you become. Now, what do you think about the the kids? Do you think they should be punished? Because oh, yes. I yeah. see, I From disagree. Top to From top to stop recreating. <laughs> The person that you are. Stop re because all the parents are doing and paying for their kids to have these privileges is recreating a, a lack a lack of passion in our community, mm -hmm. a lack of expertise in our offices. Mm -hmm. Well, Stop. we see that with the president. <laughs> Stop 
recreating that. Okay, I guess we got to agree to disagree on that. Because I feel, I don't feel that the kids cared. I mean, Olivia J, the guy that was fake on the side, they didn't want to go. But I, I just, I feel like sometimes as parents, you put so much on your children, whether it's writing your wrongs. Well, college is a path. Right. But it's not the only path. Right. So for, the, for, so for the kids that didn't want to go, what was their plan? They probably didn't have one. Because okay, generally. So, all right, so now let's back up. Okay. What you've been doing for the past 17 years as a parent, mm-hmm. that your child has now come to a major life milestone and, and has no idea of what to do next. But don't you, having you had the experience where no matter what the person wanted to do, a parent may have wanted you to get the degree first. Because, see, the, Olivia Jade was doing YouTube before she even went to college. And I think that the clip that you're talking about was from even high school. I think it might have been her senior year. And, you know, she was saying that she didn't want to go. And, and then, you know, she ended up there or whatever. But I think that, do you think the parents are going to go to jail? Because I don't. Really? You don't think in, out of 50, over 50 people, Mm-mm. nobody's going to get any jail Mm-mm. time? I don't. You do? We'll see. Because they're handling this case a little bit differently. You know, usually they make the phone call, hey, we caught you. When are you going to turn yourself in? These two were handled a little bit differently where the FBI in full force. Ding dong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Six o'clock in the morning. Because I think the last report I've seen, it might have been uh, 55 colleges. And so you got to multiply however many um students that was because I don't even know it's not in this it's it's not in this article the exact amount but I think it was like a lot and like you said a lot of the top Ivy League schools yeah USC Cali (laughs) and I have to put the Cali on there because Mm -hmm. there's also a USC University of South Carolina Mm -hmm. USC Cali says that they're going to go back through their roles and anybody that had a connection to this proctor that was correcting tests or actually taking the exam for students it's going to have to validate. Maybe they're going to start pulling some degrees. Mm-hmm. Well, this is definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And if it's just going to be mm-hmm. like the regular social media world where it just disappears and we don't hear anything else <laughs> about it. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I personally, you know, think that I know I'm not saying that the kids did not know that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. However, as a parent. I do feel like some of them feel like they didn't have a choice. I feel like that with the kids. The parents knew exactly what they was doing. Cause like I said, honey, I would definitely buy Draven about two, three, four degrees if I had the money to. So I understand what the parents is coming from. But I just think the kids then, then should what, have. What are you sending out into the world? I'm sending out. basically what you're doing is free a bir- freeing a bird with a brick tied to her back. Mm-hmm. She has no foundation or knowledge to care for herself. I know, but I just feel like if you have it, I feel like some of, okay, I feel like you don't have to, I'm trying to clean this up in my mind. I'm talking to myself in my mind as I'm thinking, but I feel like you don't have to go through the same challenges as the person before you. That's just what I feel, right? So within that, I do think that there are ways and things that you can do to avoid it and allow them to have a different experience opposed to your experience. Sure enough. Yeah. So with that said, I think sometimes with that, you do do things that, you know, maybe 
you shouldn't do or you may have to make a phone call because if you think about it one of the biggest things that college college gives you is a network and you could have somebody in the government that's now a part of the HR and you make that phone call, they're going to get you the job. I mean, it's the same thing as nepotism for grownups in a sense, right? But because we know a lot of people that that happens to where you're able to maneuver because you do know someone. So if you're a junior or a senior in high school and you've got a 1.8, you didn't just get that 1.8. This, this has been a four-year process. Of course. That your parents have not been attentive to. Mm-hmm. You didn't just start saying you didn't want to go to college. <laughs> they probably didn't care. Try, I know because some people that don't. You didn't just start saying you don't like school. Yeah. With a 1.8, you're communicating very loudly how that you, you feel. never Exactly. That you never liked exactly. it. Exactly. But I just think that they just wanted them to have the degree. And they knew yeah. that education, what they wasn't going to get it because they, for whatever reason, they may have had a disability. We don't know how smart the children are mm-hmm. in particular. However, mm-hmm. I'm going off the articles. So... Whatever brought her up to the 1.8, we don't know. But the mother was like, I don't care about the 1.8. You about to get a degree somewhere and let's just do this thing. But, you know, we're going to see. It'll be interesting. If they go to jail, at least that would be a lot different than the cops because they shoot you and never go to jail. So she maybe by earning a college degree. Yeah. By earning a high school diploma. Yeah. So. Right yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Williams. One, I will say this, and I always share this story. I know someone that, it to my eyes, it looked like they was being cheated on, right? Mm-hmm. But they had an open relationship. Mm-hmm. So when it was brought to them about their partner being out in the streets, she didn't care, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think different things work for different people, right? So we can only go for the surface. Again, Wendy Williams is not my auntie. I don't know her. But from the surface, this looks terrible. Okay. This story is warmed over a hundred times and I'm sick of hearing it. Mm. We've been hearing about these three people <laughs> since the early 2000s. This is the early 2000s. Now, I did hear so recently evidently, that... he is magnificent at being a Mac. Mm. He's not attractive, though. What I do think, though, <laughs> what I do think is... The mistress is getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. So you think she's the cause of the Daily Mail? She has some, yeah. Because the yeah. Daily Mail is, yeah. they need to get some tips to MPD. Uh, Maybe some of these DC crimes will be solved because the Daily Mail does Daily, not play. Daily Mail couldn't post pictures if she wasn't taking them. Even so, if she's not sending them. Mm-hmm. Once you find out that the media is on your tail, they're, fo- they're following you around, they followed you around for a year. That is interesting. And you're still top news. You're still trending. Mm-hmm. That's not those not my morals or values. But can I tell you how I could disappear? Mm-hmm. Could and disappear. that's what that's what um B Scott was saying too. That clearly, either, and we did find out his real name is Kelvin. It's not even Kevin. His right. real it name is, is Kelvin. Kevin. Kelvin. But um B Scott was saying that either both of them are in on it. Because if the mistress was really causing that much problems, they wouldn't be. The, they still wouldn't be together, right? After all so these years. I, and then I didn't realize it was ten years. Yeah. I didn't know that they were together that long. Yeah. I mean, 
mean, the sister wife thing seems to be working lately, but I don't know. <laughs> Not to where I'm taking popping pills and now I'm in a sober house. Yeah. I would just got me a man, too. Like, if that's what we doing, then that's what we'll be doing. But I just find that to be like. You know, but she did mention on her show one time that when men do it, it looks suave. Even right. when they're older. Right. However, when older women do it, it looks trashy. Right. Because that's someone's mom, that's someone's auntie. Right. The perception is a double standard. Oh, well, I wouldn't care. Especially because I agree <laughs> with you. At this point, clearly they have an open relationship. Yes. yes. They got to have an open relationship because she already said that mm-hmm. she's not leaving. Mm-hmm. So that's their business. Mm-hmm. I ain't here to judge. But all I have to say is... If I ever agree to an open relationship, it's going to be on both ends. You're not going to be open and I'm closed. I don't think that's fair. And we don't know what Wendy's doing. What if your, but- daughter, what if your daughter said, hey, mom, I just, I mean, you're my mom. So that doesn't, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. So if I was you- Wendy Williams or if I was me. What is the difference? Oh, because it's a big difference. I think <laughs> on a celebrity status, I think when things like this happen, everybody knows. On your personal level, it's only who you let know. Because, like, on my social media, I don't even put my daughter on my social I barely put myself on there. Not so I'm a very if private. It's, if it's bothering your daughter, then the right people know for it to be of, of a concern to her. Well, okay. So if in this life my daughter said that to me, I would tell her to mind her business because she do things I don't like and don't change them. So why am I changing myself? How old is this daughter? <clears throat> my daughter is 20. Who? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. One thing that I learned, and I learned this too late, because when I woke up and realized that I've been a parent all of my adulthood mm. <laughs> and teenage, <laughs> once I realized that, I was like, oh my God, if I never, I told my daughter the other day, like, you can, I'll buy a house and you can have an apartment in the basement. Like, I feel the fear, like I said, the anxiety, because that's all I know. I've been a mother longer than I've been anything in this life, right? So I told my sister, I said, oh, I need to start doing things for me because I've been doing things all forever for this one human being and at sometimes neglecting myself. So I don't necessarily think if she didn't like it, that's one thing. But if he made her feel uncomfortable, that's another thing because I don't do that. Like if if any time... I was in a relationship and my daughter was like, oh, I don't like him. He makes me feel that he got to go. Now well, that's. Wait a minute now, because we're not just talking about you being in a relationship as her mom. We're talking about you being married. Oh, and, yeah. And in, and in a side relationship, in addition to the marriage that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I think, I think in this day and time, just with my own non-existing dating life, I don't know if people are monogamous anyway. Mm. That's a whole nother show, though. (laughs) And I can only talk about my own experience. Because recently, with a guy that I wasn't even dating, Mm -hmm. some some girl called me and, like, went off. And I'm like, I'm not even dating him. We met for business, and that's what we were doing. We weren't dating. We never hung out on a date. Like, there was no relationship. And she caught me very upset. And I'm like, I'm not, he's not even my man. I don't understand what you're upset about. We were doing business. Like, I don't get it. So I really just, even in that instance, because we weren't trying to date, but I still didn't even know he had a girlfriend. Never mentioned it. She got you live on the telephone? Like, you answered the phone? Oh, no, I don't answer phones, honey. Okay. I, yeah. He, no. Unless he is paying let, my bills, you, paying my car note. Did nope. you let him know? Mm-mm. You never let him know? Nope. Uh, I'm sure he knows she called me from his phone. <laughs> not necessarily. Some men, 
Mm-mm. I think so, because I haven't heard from him since, and we was working on a project, and I still haven't heard wow. from him, so I'm pretty sure. And the only reason why I missed the call is because I was in the shower. So it was one of those instances where I just didn't answer the phone. Wow. And then after the phone call, I got like three streams of text messages, which was like, oh, this is his girl. And and I'm thinking to myself, then, did you read our messages? Because it was never intimate. It was never sexual. Did he say something to her? Don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I didn't even know in that instance that mm-hmm. he had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So that just, and since I've been single the last three years, that's an ongoing thing. I think I probably only really dated one person in the last three years. I knew he was single. But everybody, like, in between? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I don't think people, that's my experience. Somebody can definitely show me different. I would love to see different. But in my experience, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just don't see it. So So Dan Gatsby is the way of the future. Who? Dan Gatsby. What's Dan Gatsby? From B. Smith, the lifestyle expert. So you want to go there? Girl. Okay, we can skip a topic. (laughs) Let's go there. Now, what, was, what is your opinion we about can, that? We can hit, we can hit all of no, them. No, we can but, skip but that. In, but in the topic, I want to go right in, there because he said one of, in one of the interviews, he specifically said, "What I'm doing is the way of the future." But let me ask you this: Ooh. Would you? Okay, because we talked. I talked about that, but the, the the guest wasn't all that into it, so it didn't work. But for you, my question was because I'm always playing devil, the devil's advocate. How do we know that there wasn't an agreement between the two? Here's the issue. Here's my issue. Okay. Okay. And I actually. Oh wait, to- let's tell everybody what we talking about. Just in case you don't know, B. Smith. The model, the entrepreneur. She used to have a restaurant in Union Station. She had the first African American uh, person that was considered the Martha Stewart of this time. Her a husband. Line of Bashout products. Yeah. And, and major stores. Yes, yeah, she's a big deal. Google B. Google B. Smith. I believe it was 2012 when she put out the book about having dementia. It was a book, a co-book with her and her husband, just talking about her having dementia, going forward, all of these different things. Titled Before I Forget. Huh? Oh, yeah. Titled Before I Forget. Mm -hmm. So then recently, we'll say in the last three months, he did a a, um, interview. Was it the Huffington Post? Whatever they did. Oh, he's done all... He's oh, he's the been press junket. Yes. yes. Now look, he's made the circles, <laughs> but I think the first one was the one on Huffington Post, which had it like in all the blogs. Yes. And basically, Dan Gatsby, B. Smith is very far into her illness now. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he still takes care of her, and he moved the girlfriend in the home. So it was a big deal. One, I believe, because she was a white woman. I think that's really. One of the reasons why people were upset. But then, two people were like, well, how could you do that to her? X, Y, Z. Now go. Then you were a fraud from the very beginning. Mm. Because B. Smith was a lifestyle expert. Mm-hmm. Okay? I had the brazen chicken over there in Union Station. Mm-hmm. B. Smith used to come around and ask, how is everything? Are you enjoying your meals? Do you like coming to the restaurant? I, I, so when he says, you don't even know B. Smith or you've never even eaten at the restaurant, lie when it comes to me. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've been in her presence. Mm-hmm. One. Two, she was a lifestyle expert. Her her aura and her advertisement to me as a consumer was a wholesome lifestyle. Okay? Whether it was the diet, the church she got married in, the bath products that she had, everything culminated 
to form this identity that I became, that I knew, like, and trusted, right? Okay, so now if you want to tell me that's the agreement that they had, then the two of you lied to me from the very beginning. Because we, we can slide Alex off the tape. She's nondescript to me. She's another woman. It doesn't matter to me that she's white. It matters to me that you moved her into the home. <laughs> it matters to me that she exists at all. But we can even move her off the table and take this back. So, would you have rather him divorce her and she would have went to a home she has no children, she would have been by herself, even though she has dementia, she's still very active, at least in the videos. She was lively. You know, she's still moving around. She just doesn't have her memory. So it would have been better for him to divorce her and put her in a home. In one of the interviews for the book, before I forget, the host asked, he said, well, B, how do you feel about Dan bringing in help once you're full stage Alzheimer's? And she said, well, mm, I'd be very slow with that. Okay, so... Maybe he should have spoken up at that time and said, well, wait a minute, B, because what I'm seeing in other caregivers, because he's not the first one to have to care for somebody with Alzheimer's, what I'm seeing is that the caregiver needs a lot of care themselves. Mm -hmm. So whether it is, let's talk about getting you a full-time nurse, and let's talk about it now while you're not in full Alzheimer's so that you and I can come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm... I don't know. I think hmm. those those are one of those instances where I hope that's not the way of the world, right? Okay. Where you're... Because just, everybody's just doing everybody. I, okay, that's how we got here. Because you said that you have not seen... Mm-hmm. In my experience. Right. Just in mine. That, that, but... <laughs> Right, everybody talks from their own mm-hmm. perspective and experience, but you have not seen recently mm-hmm. that monogamy is the way of the future, mm-hmm. and he's saying the same thing. I don't. Okay, if I was in one of the countries where that's what they did, that's all I know. I think I would be more or less prone to it. I mean, I think everybody would because that's just the culture over in, cer- in certain countries, mm-hmm. right? But I think in America. The biggest thing of it is respect, in a sense, because this isn't something new. I think social media inflates everything. Everything just looks inflated on social media. People been, it's in the Bible. I mean, a lot of the men in the Bible had four and five wives, so it's nothing new, per se, right? I just think the American tradition doesn't have the respect that other traditions have. So when I used to um, work at uh, DC General, I had a coworker. He's from Sierra Leone. He moved to America clearly, but he ended up doing the part-time job to take care of both of his wives equally. Right. So this is why he had a part-time job because he was there part-time. And when I asked him about that, I was just, I'm always interested in, like, why, what do the women think? How does this actually work? I'm always interested in the process because it just is not normal to me, per se. Mm-hmm. I don't find it normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's this whole, like, layout that they that they have and that they're supposed to do. But first and foremost, one thing that he always said is the respect. I think it may have been different if we never knew about the woman. And then that's what Dan was doing on his own 
and in the video it was just him and B and like you said a caregiver or his daughter right but I think it's the point of bringing having a woman all in the video taking care of D uh, B telling her not to do something because right. like one of the things mm-hmm. she redirected mm-hmm. her and people didn't like that and I have to say if I was in that moment I honestly wouldn't know what I would do but I am one of those people because I'm fearful I do always talk about the pet the future and what I would like in the future I'm okay. very clear with my intentions so I think if if that was me I wouldn't want to say what I would do I could see how that would go because I wouldn't want to be in a nursing home I worked as a nurse in a nursing home mm-hmm. I know I told my daughter don't ever send me to a nursing home mm-hmm. so I know what it looks like to go to that place and be there that's not her only option though rich people have options they do um but I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like some sometimes topics are interesting, but it's hard to talk about because you don't know all of it, she right? She could have chose one of her girlfriends. She could have. I wonder would they have done it, and why didn't they get her? Because everybody thought she was in a respected <laughs> position as a wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she may have chosen somebody else. She had a number of other options that she could have mulled over. It's, it's definitely an interesting... Had she known. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. It's definitely interesting, though. Mm. Very interesting. I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be okay with it. I don't know. I don't know. But if I was, like, pre how she was mm-hmm. and before I forget, me personally, I probably would have made an agreement. That's if I was in that instance. Me being the Kia, I don't know. But in that instance, especially because they were, you know, they were preparing for it, I kind of feel like they have an understanding that we didn't know. But I could be wrong because you never know people at the end of the day. And you can be with somebody for 20 years and never knew what their intention was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just don't know. I think it's, I don't know. That B. Smith thing is, I just feel sorry for her, like, I do. I just think that it's awful because, like you said, her reputation has been so clean for so many years and now it's tainted. And then for her not to be able to take up, to defend herself, herself. to even say that she did agree to it. She can't even do that. Right. right? So I just feel my heart breaks for her. But again, I just don't know. Okay. What else on your list? Nene, do you think cheating causes cancer? Girl, I... I watched the video (laughs) of Miss Leaks and how she expressed her thoughts. I don't think she was specifically saying that this was directly, Greg getting cancer was directly the result of him cheating on her. Okay, hold on. Let me tell the people. If you just in case you don't know who Nene Leaks is, Atlanta Housewife star, the creator actually of to start all of the franchises because Atlanta was the first. Um, Nene Leakes and her husband are going through a very hard time right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because he has cancer. We know Nene, in I, in the public eye, she likes to be the center of attention. And it looks like at this point, Greg is getting a lot of it. And he's just going through the motions of his illness because he does have cancer. I think he's stage four. Yes. He has stage four cancer. And now she started a YouTube channel. And on the channel... You can go ahead. Because <laughs> I still feel like she said that the man On got cancer for channel, her cheating. She was <laughs> sitting, uh, giving her thoughts. 
her thoughts and opinions, I think is what the video is called. And she said she was wondering, that's a caretaker. You know, she was sitting there, I guess, watching him go through the pains and the ills of dealing with cancer. She wondered, is this payback? For all everything that you did to me, for you cheating on me, for you doing A, for you doing B. What is your answer? Was. You never. God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. You never know. You never know. So it could what, be karma. Could be karma. You never know. And then that's just the Nene leaks in his life. Mm-hmm. Greg is a grown man. He's lived a very full life. So who knows who else he has impacted. Who knows what lessons he doesn't learn? Because when you get a lesson from above or from your inner being, from God, whatever you call it, and it's a whisper, you get it once, you get it twice. Each time you get that instruction, it comes at you a little harder. Mm. Then it could just be, you know, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. So some people are saying that she's selfish. They think that she needs to divorce him. They can see that she's not as in love as she used to be. What do you think it was just her? Because how you said earlier in regards to caregivers needing care too, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think this was just the moment of her venting or that she's just over it? Because I know on the Housewives this season, she mentioned divorce several times. Well, they've been divorced before. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if divorce for them actually means that they cut the ties and are done with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, when they say Deanie Leakes isn't in love anymore, or what what are they referring to? The fact that they aren't lovey-dovey anymore? The fact that there's not a lot of PDA? From what I've seen, it's just that her complaining in the recent time with the cancer. So, um, for anyone that hasn't had a loved one that suffered from a terminal illness, it is a roller coaster. It is. I personally think Nene needs some form of therapy. I don't think the YouTube should have been her therapy because she's been saying a lot of slick stuff <laughs> she's been recently um, on her YouTube page. And we know that we yeah. know Nene to be blunt and all of these other things. But mm-hmm. I think, to me, some things is just for the kitchen table. And I get that from all my aunties in the South. You know, some things you just leave at the kitchen and you go on. And I think this amongst many other things she's been saying recently are just one of those things. I think she's in pain. She doesn't know how to help him. Nene seems to be so strong. But that's her brand, her strong, mm-hmm. outspoken, blunt. That's why when they see Nene leaks, they click the link because mm-hmm. they're like, what has she said now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I just feel like she's going through something right now. And I don't think this would have been the best time to start a YouTube channel because you're going to still have people with their opinions. When you're on that level, it's way more people with an opinion of you than in your everyday life. Because in an everyday life, you choose who you have in your life. As celebrities, they don't. So I just think this was the wrong time for this YouTube channel. But to me, she's using it as her outlet to let go. And I think she should have just went to therapy instead of opening up a YouTube channel. I see her also using this YouTube channel to transition. Mm. I think she's tired of the franchise. Mm -hmm. She's growing out of it or past it. And she's looking for ways to uh, reinvent herself. And make more money because you can kill it on YouTube. (laughs) Because the, uh, the comedy thing is a bit of a challenge. I've never seen her live, have you? No. I don't even think comedy is really the same anymore. It's just like people just up there talking and they make you laugh every now and again. So I'm not 
necessarily surprised by it. But I know that when she does tour from the from social media, she says she's selling out. So I don't know. Yeah. Because I've never been never been interested in wanting to go. I just hope her and Greg get through it because um, if he's in stage four. I mean, unless he start drinking silver or do something Dr. Sabi did, I don't know how much longer he's going to have. So I just think you should try to, in some way, focus on the good instead of what you're going through now. Because prior to this, they she never complained, at least to us, you know what I'm saying, about him. So you would think that it was, you know, like an everyday relationship. Oh, go watch some of those earlier episodes of uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Go watch some of the pre-wedding videos and then I think the season where they actually aired her wedding as a season oh. preparing for the wedding and yeah, then having a wedding hmm. yeah so yeah so y'all just gotta be good to people because according to Nini you can get cancer <laughs> by cheating and being mean but when we come back we have to talk about this book if y'all see her she's just cheesing right now get in it. let's get in it <laughs> We're going to talk about the book. We don't even have to go any further at this point. Um, Yeah, so shout out to Nini. I just hope they get through it because it's just terminal illness is a lot. And they say when they're on their way out the door is the nastier that they get. My aunt just had to deal with that. So, you know, we'll see. Yes, we will. Be nice, people. Don't get cancer. We'll be back right after this. Don't you guys go anywhere. The number again is 703-560-8255. Again, that number is 703-560-8255. Want to learn more about our guest? A Minute with Misunderstood is next on Consider This Radio. This razor won't change the world but it will change your leg hair situation. So if later you decide you want to change the world, you can do it with less leg hair. Joy! Till the truth starts to click There's so much space in this bed These sheets go from us Dreams of your smile I don't want to be just a memory And I don't want to feel your wings break free Because without you I'm lost in the breeze I gotta be strong now I gotta show you how I love you like I'm never ever up so bad.
taste of your lips is still fresh And the smell of your scent How could I forget your words How they cut me to shreds But to tell you the truth Every piece is for you I don't want to be just a memory And I don't want to feel your wings break free Without you, I'm lost in the breeze I gotta be strong now I gotta show you how I love you Like I've never ever loved somebody Saving energy is simple. It even saves you money. Replace incandescent light bulbs with what compact up, fluorescent bulbs. Set your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher in the summer. Weather seal your home. When replacing old appliances, select Energy Star qualified appliances that are up to 40% more efficient and unplug electronic devices when not in use. Visit LADWP.com for more energy saving tips and information. Save energy, save money. This is Sasha, and you're tuned in to Consider This.
will see. Welcome back, guys. You are tuned in to Consider This Radio only on WEBR Radio Fairfax. I am here with the wonderful Miss Anita Washington. And before we get into the book title, Family Isn't Everything. And I keep saying isn't. That's the Southeast in me. It's not everything. <laughs> um, we're going to lead. Let's lead up to the book because they need to read the books. We're not giving too much away from the book. Okay. Before we get to the actual book, I want to know from you mm-hmm. maybe three reasons why siblings may not get along. And I have an article that has eight. So I want to know, like, what are some of your opinions? Just from your own experience. Preferential treatment from the parent. Mm-hmm. Favoring one gender over another because of traditional roles or beliefs. Uh, one child could be uh, more like the parent, whether it's athletic ability or personal interest. That's just, that's three. Mm-hmm. And that's generally what it is. Because I know the show This Is Us, um, and I think it was season two because I'm so far behind, but they went to therapy and her real son felt like she treated the adopted son better. And maybe like the first 15 minutes of therapy, she kept denying it. And then she just got to a breaking point and said, he's easier. So, yes, I do. Because he's easier. You're difficult. You're hard. All these things. So, that's definitely um, one of the reasons. Now, with that said, why, and I know some of that is in your book, but why would you break up with your family? And why, why is it necessary sometimes to break up with family? Because of toxic that they added to my life. It got to a breaking point where I had to choose between them or me. Me and good emotional health, me and good self-esteem, good self-confidence, a healthy self-image, or family. Mm. We came down to the two, I chose me. Mm. And for those people that may feel like you shouldn't, break up with them do you think that they um have more problems emotionally uh that would separate them from someone that's just like oh i'm done that's it because you know they say a lot of the illnesses especially that's um more prominent in african-american communities like high blood pressure and all of these things mm-hmm. are stressors mm-hmm. and i think sometimes people feel like they can't give up on someone what, what would you say to someone that says that I can't, Anita, I can't. I can't just give up on my mom or I can't What is up. the basis of that? Was the basis of that fear for yourself because you don't feel, you don't, it won't look right. So mm. you fear what people will think of you. Mm. Or is it fear because this person has continued to financially support you through your ups and downs in life so you can't cut that, that life support off? What is the real reason that it comes down to? Mm. I mean, you express it verbally, but mm-hmm. now let's, let's put a tag on it. Mm. Okay. And what about um, when breaking up with your family? Is it something that they should know or do you just remove yourself? Like, how, what does that look like? For me, it was a process. It happened over a number of years. Mm. And where, and as I would advise other people to do, give them the heads up. Point out the behavior. Listen, we are no longer 5 and 10, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. This teasing that you do, the way that you talk about me, <laughs> This isn't, I don't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. So would you please stop? Mm -hmm. Or 
Um, you're a very touchy-feely person. I don't like being touched. Mm -hmm. Can you please stop doing that? Whatever it is that they are doing that's giving you that negative feeling, that negative emotion, express it. If that person continues to do it, do they really respect and care about you? Hmm. If they discontinue it, oh my God, I'm sorry, I didn't know. That's different. That's a person that you can probably work with because they're going to, they're concerned about you. They love you. The answer is in the interaction mm -hmm. and, and whether or not they respect the wish that you put on the table, but you got to put it on the table. Mm -hmm. I can see you're very much an advocate. You you want people to self-advocate. Snip, snip. Mm -hmm. Stop carrying all this negative emotion. You bring it into the workplace. You take it into the doctor's office. You exhibit it in the hospital. Everywhere you're around another human being, your baggage is having a negative play. Mm -hmm. Even if you never open your mouth, mm -hmm. still people can see and feel that radiating off of you. Mm -hmm. The world would be a much better place if people would enforce their boundaries. Mm -hmm. You can't force somebody else to respect it, but you can't put it high enough that they crawl over it. It's, it's against the law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, um, accepting the part that you play in your life, it's like you lose five pounds. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, you take responsibility it's, it's for your It's one of the being. best detoxes when you can, when you can do that. Mm -hmm. And then when you can work on it, that's even better. Like when you're consciously working on it every day to make sure it doesn't show up, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's even better. And continually getting better day yep. after day after day. Yes. Yep. It's yes. very important. Mm -hmm. So in families, when you have that disconnect, do you think therapy or coaching is important or is it just the point of you seeing the actions when you have, when you advise there ain't changing, so it's just time to move on. Do you feel like um, some form of counsel is good for everybody? Or do you just think some people just not going to get it? Depends. It depends on the people. Because in order for counseling or therapy, whatever level, how, however deep it goes, in order for it to work, you have to have willing participants. Mm -hmm. So you can't drag somebody into counseling or therapy and say, you're hurting me, we need to go to counseling. But then that person has no intention of discontinuing their behavior. You're wasting money. Mm. So it can work for everybody, but that person has to be an open, willing participant. Now, this is still on the topic of Family Ain't Beat. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Pastor John Gray? Girl. Because I know you got an opinion about that. That human being. So you know he said that him... And his wife, you know, they dealt with it. It's technically like a year old. We're just catching up to it, right? But then pa the pastor from Glen Arden Church was on 93.9 on Friday. He had a very interesting take on it because he also blanked the woman in the in the situation too. But the interesting thing that I found interested, most interested in is that he went to the reel and then said that he never had physical contact with the woman. And then the voicemails came out. <laughs> mm. And that didn't sound like somebody that would like I, You know what I'm saying? Like I said, when the when the broad called me, I ain't answered the phone. I, it's no need for me to to go any further because we weren't we didn't have anything. But those conversations were clearly more than an emotional relationship. Mm -hmm. 
So you asked me what I think of him as a person. Should he still oh, just be in like his pulpit in this? Or? Yeah, like period. Like, what are your thoughts? Because some people said he shouldn't be preaching no more. Okay, but here, here we go. Preaching is his job. Mm-hmm. That's up to the church. I think that's an internal vote that the church has to have. If they still want him, you know that's where they go. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't go. I don't have to hit the the, the YouTube link. <laughs> ah! So that doesn't personally affect me. But when we take this down to the children's level and how they're being affected at such a young age that they now have to grow up with this stigma because no matter how good you become or how separated you are, people always remember the negative that you do. Mm-hmm. And when, when they do anything, they could be just in college and miss that three-point shot. Well, you remember when your daddy was cheating on your mama, right? Mm-hmm. It's always going to be. He has to stop and consider more than just his own baggage or how he feels. Mm. You know, I respect the fact that he's now sharing his platform. He's now sharing his pulpit with his wife. Because I think when the preacher is the front and the wife is in the first pew there's a lot of space there Mm. for (laughs) for uh, immoral people Mm -hmm. but when they're side by side in the daily you know getting things done for, for the kingdom on a daily basis it cuts a lot of that down now he is a busy person with the television show and so there's a lot of movement that he does Mm -hmm. that she's probably not a part of Mm -hmm. but obviously she is no Wendy Williams Mm -hmm. sister Aventa is not is not having it honey did you see the clip when she was on that pulpit yes she almost cursed So I'm sure she did in the house. She's speaking to the 16-year-old broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that clip. And he needs to get himself together. He do. Would you leave if you was her? I don't know enough about the situation. Because, From what we see. Because for the past, even before... Now we're looking at, like I said, one of the outcomes. Mm-hmm. This is baggage that is being displayed. According to both of them in their social media interviews and, and, and a lot of the videos that have hit YouTube of them two talking, all right, not what somebody has told me, but them actually speaking, they've been unhappy for a while. Mm. And have, in that unhappiness, I need to know, did you stay because you were promising each other that you were going to work on it? Did you stay because it was just the picture in the frame and you had to continue to live that picture like, what was the conversation between the two of them during the period that they were so unhappy mm. then what are you unhappy about mm-hmm. can that be healed can that be worked on and healed his father left him when he was young now he is with two beautiful children and a gorgeous wife and he's getting ready to repeat that same behavior mm-hmm. Why? Is it because of what happened and things before you even met Aventa? Or, like, I need, now, you know, you, being the counselor, I got, I got more questions. I need more details. Would you agree or disagree that people respond based upon their experience and not you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, I feel like his celebrity might be 
a part of the issue with those two. Because he, it seems like he always down talks himself as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And ugly. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like he don't even feel good about himself. Which right. I don't even know how she found that attractive. But not that he himself isn't attractive. But someone that just always talks bad about their self. I wouldn't even want to be around you. Because you're going to make me miserable. You know. And he, in the beginning, just seemed to always talk down on himself. And then it's like, okay, so now you did this, which is probably why she brought up the 16-year-old him. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like when is the instance where you when is the instance where you take care of you before you become one with somebody else? It's supposed to <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to go down. Two whole healed people come together mm-hmm. to form a relationship and produce other people. See, before you bring these other people into the world, you need to make sure that that you're emotionally strong, mm-hmm. that you're mature. Because marriage is a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you are deeply in love with the person that you're married to, there are things that are gonna ha- happen in the environment around you that is just gonna drive the two of you crazy. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna pull towards each other or are you going to push each other away? Hmm. That's the question. Because that's always interesting, but you know, I think if it happened again, she's going to be gone, though. He would want for that not to happen again. Well, we don't know because men are stupid sometimes. <laughs> he would want to. He, he would want it not to happen again, but I think that if, it, if it was ever again. an instance, I don't think this is something ongoing she's gonna put up with and I and again I think I think a lot of things especially on that level because now you have so many people in your business but you know what I'd like to see you know what I I would really like to see I would like to see for him to take about 60 days off from everything no social media no church no phone calls Mm -hmm. no nothing and I need John Gray and Jay-Z to sit down and have a man-to-man conversation. Why Jay-Z? Because Jay-Z went through this very same decision with Beyonce and Blue. Mm. And something happened. I don't know whether it was a therapy that he talks about on 444 or if it was something that Mama Tina said. I don't know what it was that flipped the switch for him that made him, took him from street thug to family man. Something happened. And I need him to share that with John Gray. Well, he probably needed to share it with a lot of people because <laughs> it's like it's an ongoing thing, especially in that celebrity world. And even on a non-celebrity world, it's a thing. And I, a lot of times I just don't think that people are ready. I feel like sometimes you succumb to pressure and you get in situations that you necessarily knew that you didn't want to be in. And that's why I think it's important for the man to choose the woman opposed to a woman not necessarily choosing a man, but pressuring him to be with her i think he needs to want you from jump because i think when they're ready they're actually ready how you said it was a change in Mm jay-z or um Mm -hmm. Dwayne wade because he had an on break baby ludicrous same thing right Mm -hmm. so whatever that thing is i personally would prefer to wait till that happens (laughs) opposed to because i don't even know what i would do in all of these situations because i'm very dismissive but um I would prefer that to happen and then you choose me opposed to you going through the motions and this didn't happen yet. 
It can make you stronger. It can break you. It can do whatever it wants to do, depending on but the person. Is, John Gray is a very charismatic personality. Yeah, he's really funny. I always he, thought he was funny. And but. he makes her laugh. Mm-hmm. Laughter sometimes can be received oh. as happiness. Oh, yeah. So he could have just been, you know, one spark, fire after another, which led them through their courtship, their dating, mm-hmm. into their marriage. It's nothing like a funny guy, though. And then, um, bam, you got two kids your church of your own. All because you was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and now, bam, life has hit. Yeah. And he doesn't know. He doesn't have the force to reckon with it. Mm. Uh, okay, really quickly. Therapy or life coach? And I know you said there's a there's room for both, but which one would you prefer? Depends on what the issue is. Um, because for me, they don't operate in parallel. Mm. One builds upon the other. Okay. So you have from the bottom up, life coaching, therapy. Then on top of that, you have, because you have a psychiatrist and a psychologist. Mm-hmm. So you have a life coach, a therapist, or it could be a social worker. A lot of different titles fall within that category when you say therapy. Mm-hmm. But then you go up from there, psychiatrist, psychologist, because therapists can't prescribe medicine. Right. You have to... So for deep-seated issues, when we get into the DSM-5 and what the criteria is and, and what behaviors you are exhibiting, it builds upon itself. Okay. Um, family is not, I did good that time, I didn't say isn't, everything. The title alone <laughs> is powerful. Mm. Then the subtitle is How to Minimize their, the Mess maximize your happiness and enjoy emotional baggage through breakthrough one of the passages are are people constantly dumping their negative energy on you do you find yourself bombarded with painful thoughts from your past what if seven simple steps could help you minimize their mess and maximize your happiness family is not not everything i'm gonna let you go How did you get to this book? I got to, because the title is what is impacting you right now. So let's let's kick it off with the title. Yes. I got to the title because I need people to know that family is in, in an era where holidays, different things, different societal norms and pressures impact people to always try and be with or around family. Oh, no. That's your mom. You got to go check on your mom. Oh, no. That's your dad. Your dad did so. And this person may not know you from a can of paint. Your dad did so much for you. But then when you ask them to itemize it, they give you that blank stare. Be careful trying to push people to stay within your comfort zone because you don't know what you're sending them back into. Mm -hmm. So we just need to part the Red Sea and make space. For those of us that come from families that are highly dysfunctional and traumatic, for those that are in the lane that say family is everything, there is also a lane for us that says family is not everything. Because during that season, you, you'd be surprised. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, how muted people that grew up in traumatic environments become. Mm-hmm. And they just become ostracized. Mm-hmm. Because everything says 
Family is everything. Well, Nita is here to tell you no. Family is not everything. I'm here. I matter. How how long did it take you to write the book? I didn't have that experience. It does not negate the fact that I got yeah two years. Okay. Yeah. Now was that was writing the book a hard process that you had to do, or was it easy for you to write the book? Writing the book for me. Um, when you say writing, because there's so much that goes into writing a book, if you're specifically talking about uh, picking which stories or putting together the lessons that I wanted everybody to learn, because each chapter has a, a lesson learned section, that was really easy. Because a lot of the stories that I share, things that I put in the book, happen between the ages of probably zero and 30. I'm a little over that now, not much. <laughs> but when you talk about now, so the emotional pull, no, that was easy. There was no emotional pull for me because I'm healed from these things. Going back and forth with the editing and um, I actually have four brothers, not just one. So how, do, how would I keep all of that straight? And what I decided to do was minimize having four brothers down into just having one so that they had the option of remaining anonymous. Right. In this book, it's saying that you will be equipped to boldly go beyond your comfort zone and refresh, which you already stated. You'll learn how to transform negative thinking into positive thinking with seven affirmations, seven result-driven techniques, and seven actionable actions. You love seven, because your other book was the seven simple steps. <laughs> um, Learn how to defy your limiting beliefs about yourself and create the life that you love living. Be empowered to do more for yourself and demand even more from others. Learn how to change your self-sabotaging behavior. Learn how to release fear. Be moved by vivid and transparent personal stories of violent abuse to realize you are not the only one with a past. And it doesn't define your destiny or stop you from living your best life. Not at all. One thing I will say, because I didn't get to bring my book, I had pieces that I wanted to particularly talk about. Okay. It was definitely self-reflective. It makes you, I love, that's why I like documentaries. I like things that makes you understand more. Okay. Even if it's not my story, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that's my friend. Mm -hmm. I understand. Mm -hmm. It may not be the same experience. Right. But right. now I have the behavior something is to go. Yeah. I have something to go for. So I will say it's a quick read because it's not a long book. Nope. Um, because I want people to actually read it. Mm -hmm. And you know, we look at those books on the shelves and they're two, three inches thick. Yeah. You're not reading that. So you guys definitely got to check the book out. We don't want to, I don't even want to go into the stories because you have to read the book. What was, what was the most, which story impacted you the most? Probably the brother because I couldn't imagine. Thank God I wasn't never a victim of, you know, child sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. But I know many people that have stated it, right? Mm -hmm. 
But to read it, it was like, hmm, how, how could somebody do that? So I think that's the one that made me stop, think, had the aha moment. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like, wow. It was just like, wow. Because it's just, you just, you don't believe that those things, you know, are supposed to exist. Because mm-hmm. everybody likes to stay within their own alabaster box, within their own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And anything that makes us feel uncomfortable or challenges our limiting beliefs, we push it away. Yeah. Y'all got y'all to gotta check the book out. I need, I want to get your other one. Um, cause I think that's definitely something I need to practice. Um, especially with not, cause I like how you said that you don't journal. Cause I, I ended up, I was supposed to release something that wasn't a journal. Cause I know me personally, I'm not a good journaler. Okay. Like I'm not going to do it every day. So what I, what I created was like doing something weekly and mm-hmm. maybe just like a summary of what happened opposed to just doing it all day. But I definitely want to, um, check yours out because I know you said at the end, you kind of summarize you know, how you feel and how you felt. So I think that would be another dope read, too. Now, you've been traveling all over <laughs> with this book. Wasn't she just in Florida? Yeah, I was. I how, was. how was that experience? Because did you have many, did you have as many speaking engagements with your first book as you do now? No, no, yeah. no. The first, what I think is grabbing people is the authenticity and the transparency mm. in this book and where I take my own personal stories and I wrap them around those seven steps to show people how your limiting beliefs and your self-sabotaging behavior started. And then there's the seven steps that help you overcome the emotional baggage that you have. Mm. And I think it's the stories that are grabbing people. And actually, um, I don't think I put as much marketing behind the first book. Right, because the first book is an e-book and it's free. Mm-hmm. Everybody can um, download it. You can find it on my website. This book is something that I'm actually putting a lot of marketing behind. Mm-hmm. So tell everybody how they can get in contact with you. How can they book you? Are you still doing, you're still doing, you're still practicing life coaching, right? Yeah. So somebody can hire you. Mm-hmm. Give them all of that information. Again, <laughs> if you're on Facebook Live, you can see her t-shirt, um, her, not a t-shirt, a sweatshirt with her website information. But for those yeah. that are listening, the website is thatanitalive.com, T-H-A-T. A-N-I-T-A-L-I-V-E dot com. And on all social media platforms, my handle is that Anita Live. And if you're looking for life coaching services or if you're looking just to pick up the books, the services, you can just hit me up on either on my website via email or within the DMs. That's where a lot of it comes from. Mm. Yeah, in the DMs. Mine's are so dry. Nah. And then the book is a <laughs> is available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. Okay. And your TV show comes on what day again? The TV show airs locally every Monday at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then the the episodes are also posted to my YouTube channel, which you can get to on YouTube under That Anita Live. Or if you'd like to go directly to it, the website is thatanitalive.com slash YouTube. Now I know the radio's on channel 37. What you guys are channel 33? You're 10. Channel 10. Yeah. Okay, so if you are in the Virginia area and um you want to catch the show live on television, it's channel 10. And um thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for the invite. We've been trying to do this for a minute. <laughs> She's been trying to get me on her show, but I told her I'm so awkward. 
Like, I would just be making so many faces. Like, right here. Where is the host? Why is the host not on the Facebook because, Live? Because, you know, I want, this is this is what everybody always asks me. I want consider this to move on whether I'm here or not. So, the show, my community work is not about me, which is why I don't post myself and my personal. Who am I talking to? Yeah. <laughs> This is this is voice that is coming from somewhere. <laughs> Who am I talking to? That's what the woman last week said, but I just don't put myself. I, it's not about me. It's about you. It's not about me. If I don't have guests, the I, conversation is about the synergy between the guests and the host, not just the host. That's what TV's for, not, not radio. Not radio. Are you serious? Yes. Now why do all these mainstream radio shows now have all these videos on YouTube? You know why? Breakfast because they Club, have a, Steve Harvey. They have interns, um, and I'm one name? woman. Uh, <laughs> Ricky Smiley. DL I'm only Hughley. one woman. No, see, this is the baggage. I need that an is intern. Excuse. I need an intern. I need to recognize what emotional baggage is. <laughs> I wish I could get it to get live in movie color, but at least you're getting the voice. This is fear. I'm not scared. Okay. See, see how this she gonna fear. do me? This is fear. Okay, let me ask you this. Who would hold, I can't hold it on both of us. You can get a selfie stick. You can get a selfie stick and put it in that corner. You can get a selfie stick and post it over there in that corner. But then if I do that, it wouldn't be simultaneous on Facebook. Yes, It'd it be would. two different videos. No, it wouldn't. Uh-huh. No, you wouldn't put one on each person. What I'm saying is you would put the camera in an angle to the point that it showed both people at one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It doesn't work. <laughs> we are out of here, y'all. As usual, thank you for tuning in to <laughs> Consider This Radio. I'd rather be misunderstood than basic, and I will check you guys out next Sunday. We still look the same way.